Hey friends, I'm Renee. And I'm Anna. And you're listening to Fangirl Happy Hour. It's a new year and we're back with our second episode. Although, is it our second episode? Because we have three episodes from 2019 that I never got to finish producing that will come out and you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? They're talking about books they want to wa- read in the fourth quarter. What's happening? Um, That would be me. That would be me happening <laughs> to you. Anyway, it's going to be really comical when those come out, like in the middle of everything. But for now, this is the official second 2020 episode. Hey, Anna, do you remember when we started this podcast in 2015? That's five years ago. Which makes this our... Oh my god, our fifth anniversary. That is such a cool rounded number. No, but also no. Yeah, it doesn't feel like it because 2018 was rough and then 2019 was just like, I'm gonna kick you several times repeatedly in the soul. And 2016 was also very difficult. And then 2017, we were all recovering. So basically, we had one good year. No, we've had more (laughs) than one good year. In terms of the year actually being good. It has been trash fire since then. Is Is it our fault? No, I'm, I refuse to believe that it's our fault. <laughs> I am not taking responsibility for Donald Trump. I'm not taking responsibility for Boris Johnson. I'm not taking responsibility for climate change. Do you know you are correct? This was a trap. Are you testing me now? Are, are you actively testing me? Yes, I'm totally testing you. <laughs> you passed this test. 100%. Hooray. As the first quarter progresses i will be dropping all those episodes that i didn't get to produce which are really good episodes actually two of them have like these great interviews with susan and diana who talked about what they were into at the time i still can't figure out what susan's was about because the title was so long and i can't say it space bees if you're out there and you have a hankering to talk to us about something that you are super into you should reach out to us It's basically obsessed with guests. Because we love things, but we also want to share things other people love too. And speaking of things we love, reading. We love to read. Anna, what have you been reading lately? Right. It's been a really good month for me so far. And I've got one editing job that I'm finishing. So that took some time from my reading. But I have completed three books and they were Mr. Nobody by Catherine Stedman, which I listened as an audiobook from Audible. And it's a thriller from the same author who wrote Something in the Water. What I like about her books is that they are about regular people put into really weird situations. In this case, it's about a psychiatrist who is hired to work on, on the case of a man who woke up one day on a beach without any memories whatsoever about who he was. And he was dubbed Mr. Nobody. And it's a really good thriller, rolling from that premise. The second one that I read and already gave a 10-rated review, it's The Iron Wheel of Jenny Lowe by FCE, the sequel to The Epic Crush of Jenny Lowe. And they are a duology, a reimagining of the Monkey King tale from Chinese lore. 
set in our times with a girl called Jenny Lowe, discovering she is the reincarnation of the Monkey King's staff, who decided one day that she didn't want to be a staff anymore, decided to reincarnate as a girl, but she still retains all of the powers of the staff. And she's like pure brute force. And then the Monkey King shows up and he's like, you are mine. And she's like, I am nobody's mister. And it's like, they are two teenagers. So the Monkey King shows up and then he's incarnated as a teenage boy, super hot, obviously, with a tail and everything. And it's just, it's so hilarious. But also it's about Jenny discovering that she has all of these powers, but also she has a lot of these responsibilities that she's given by celestial beings from the heavens. It is fantastic. I just loved both books. And I got to the end of this one without realizing that it was a duology and everything would be the end. And I was like, I literally gasped. And I was very sad, but also very satisfied. Wait, go back. What? Okay. He has a tail? Yeah. Okay. I mean, he's not a monkey, but he used to be a monkey. Okay. That was just a clarification that I needed. So continue. Oh my god, I can't describe. It's just so clever and so much fun. Just love this book so much. I'm so sad. And this guy, the author, FCE, is the guy who's writing the Kiyoshi books. And the the first book about Kiyoshi was also fantastic. So he's a new favorite author. The next one that I read was Dark and Deepest Red by Anna-Marie McLemore. I've interviewed them for Kirkus about this book. And it's like all of their books before. It's a beautiful combination of contemporary YA and fairy tale with a dash of magical realism because it's all sipped into Latinx stories. So it's kind of like a mixture of the red shoes meets this really weird historical thing that happened in the 1500s in Habsburg, I think, where a dance fever spread amongst these people in this village who started dancing until they died. So the author kind of like mixes that with the tale of the red shoes and then brings that in. And the story goes between back and forth in the past and in the present. And it follows trans characters and queer characters. And it's just beautiful. And it has a very happy ending, just so you know. So those are my favorites so far that I read this year. What about you? What have you been reading? Well, last year I looked at my goals and I decided that in 2020 I wasn't going to have any goals. And that means that I'm free to like read whatever I want and hope that, you know, 10 years of training myself to look beyond like the cis white male buzz that permeates book culture works out. So fingers crossed. One of the things that I wanted to do was to refresh my memory or finish a bunch of series that I started and never finished. And so the first book that I picked up that I actually started in December, but it was Epic Fantasy. So, of course, it became my first January read. It was The Lies of Locke Lamora by Scott Lynch, which is the first book in the Gentleman Bastard series. I was very surprised that it held up. There are a lot of women and they don't suck. It's an epic fantasy novel about murdering and thieves. So there are women who die, but it wasn't awful, except in one case. But otherwise, I really, really enjoyed it. It had all the things that I loved the first time I read it. And thumbs up to Scott Lynch for writing a book that held up. I mean, part of it is that I just love Locke and Jean. And Scott Lynch was a Final Fantasy fanboy. 
if you know Final Fantasy, especially Final Fantasy VI, you can really see that kind of inspiration in his work. So I'm really excited to continue. The next book is Red Seas Under Red Skies. And I will start that soon. But if anybody's considering like maybe rereading the series in preparation for the fourth book, which will hopefully come out this year, next year, highly recommend. The second thing I read, which I actually sort of finished before The Lies of Lakamora, I just wanted to finish something because I was panicking because I hadn't finished anything yet because I was an, I was reading an epic fantasy novel, but I was almost done, was a novella called The Gentleman's Guide to Getting Lucky by Mackenzie Lee. It was like a novella sequel to Gen- Gentleman's Guide to Vice and Virtue that we read. We discussed it here on the podcast. It was a novella about boys trying to bang. But which character is it? Yeah, Percy and Monty. Oh. It's about Percy and Monty trying to bang and having a kind of a hard time of it between their own hangups and also being in close quarters with pirates and family members. It advertised here is this thing where these two people figure out like a physical relationship, but it actually turns out to be more like these two people figuring out like mental health issues and how they're going to fit together. So it actually ended up being a little deeper than like a novella where they bang. Next, I reread Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuiston, which is the romance novel taking the world by storm, I guess, because I see it everywhere now. Why is, it, why is everybody loving it? I can't explain why everybody else loves it, but I can tell you why I love it. The premise of the novel is that the president's son and the prince uh, in the royal family in the UK have this kind of antagonistic relationship. Alex, the president's son, at an, a royal event, the royal wedding, accidentally creates a s- scene and dumps him and the prince of the royal family and a $75,000 wedding cake on the floor and s- creates an international incident. And so they have to pretend to be best friends to like resolve tensions. And so, of course, it turns into them realizing that they actually like each other a whole lot and how they navigate that as two powerful political figures. And I think the reason I love it so much is that in this book, the characters care about people. So you have the president's son, and he wants to be the youngest congressperson in history. And he has all these big goals, and they all center around helping people. That's what politics is about. It's what government is about. Helping people, making people's lives better. And I think that gets lost a lot of the times when we're having political discussions, just because right now we have so many people in power who are in power because they want the power and the money that comes along with it. They don't really care about helping people. You read this book and you see all these really influential people who care about making lives better. And it's really refreshing. And lastly, I've been reading a whole lot of Good Omens fanfic. A lot of Good Omens fanfic. But did you watch the show? Yes, I did. And it was so good. It was so good. I know a lot of the post-show commentary was very much like, oh, well, why couldn't they make them explicitly queer? But I was actually really happy with how the show handled it because it just left it open for so many different fetish interpretations. A lot of the fic is like explicitly romantic, explicitly sexual, but there's some great like gender fucking stuff happening in the fanfic. There's ace rep in the fanfic. It's just so wonderful to see like how fans are like imagining stories with these characters. Like whatever way you slice it, it's a love story. Yes, it is. It absolutely is. I tend to read fanfic by just like blasting through a whole bunch of stuff. And then I go back through my history and what I've read and like reread things and leave comments and stuff and bookmark my favorites. So soon I will have Rex. 
you also had a mission to find me the perfect fix-it pick of Rise of Skywalker. I have started. I'm on the hunt, so don't worry. There was a birthday party in my office this week, and it was the first time where all of us, including my CEO and the youngest person there is this 18-year-old temp. For some reason, it ended up being me with these two guys. The conversation veered into Star Wars and what do we think about the book. And I turned into a monster. At one point, I think I saw the poor boy just taking a step back from me because he liked it very much. And he's like, of course Palpatine should be because he's a Sith and the Sith wants immortality. And I was like, are you wrong? Fire coming out of my mouth. The CEO was trying to be a little bit more diplomatic. I really liked it, but I can see how there were problems with it as well. And I just went on a tirade for about, I think, half an hour. Ava, I will look for this fic for you to make you feel better. (laughs) And then I was like, oh my God, this was so embarrassing. I just ran out of the room. I think it was the first time that my colleagues fully encountered Fangirl Anna. Space Bees, if you know of any sort of fix-it fix out there already that exists for The Rise of Skywalker, like ping us on Twitter, send us an email. Anna needs an outlet help us out here so Anna can like release some pressure. We've already had our Star Wars rant episode, but yet here we are again. This will never end. Save me. Generally in January, we talk about the media that we're looking forward to in the first quarter. However, because 2019 was a garbage fire, we've just thrown the rules out the window. For this round of anticipated media, we're just going to talk about everything we're excited for. Well, not everything, because otherwise we'll be here until probably 2021. Right. What's on your anticipated list for 2020, Anna? Well, two of them are TV shows that I'm already following. Sex Education Season 2 starts actually this week on tomorrow, on the 17th of January. And I was, that's what I'm going to be doing tomorrow night. I loved the first season a lot. I thought it was funny, thought-provoking, and beautifully filmed. The other one is the final season of Shit's Creek. It already started in Canada, and I think it's probably already available in America too, somehow. But it actually doesn't land on Netflix UK until the end of the year. So I'm going to be waiting a whole year to see the last and final season of Shit's Creek. I don't know how I'm going to do it. Then I've got I like a general comment. Because if there is one thing that I love that I love the most about Netflix is their true crime documentaries. So any new true crime show that appears on Netflix, I'll be watching for sure and looking forward to it already, even though I don't even know what they are. Then I've got two movies, Marvel's Eternals and DC's Wonder Woman 2. I love the trailer for Wonder Woman 2, so I'm up for it. And I've got only two books on my list, and they are the two books to rule them all. Harold the Ninth by Tamsin Weir the sequel to my favorite book of last year, Gideon Knight. Thank you, Renee, for that recommendation. That changed my life. 
I love that book so much. The sequel is out this year. And I can always, I actually already have a copy. But because of my own rules, because I have rules for these things, I cannot read it right now. So I'm just going to sit on it. And the last thing on my list is also the final book in a series, The Thief Returns by Megan Wellen Turner. Hopefully it will come out this year. And then we will be done forever with these beloved characters. And I don't even know what I'll do. Those are my anticipated things for the year. I do have a general goal for the year, too. I know that Renee doesn't anymore, but I have set myself a goal to read 140 books this year. I read 130 last year. Wait, you read how many last year? You know why, Renee? Because of my long-ass commute, the lack of book smugglers publishing. P.S. friends, guess what fanzine is eligible this year? Yep, that's right. The book smugglers. Yes, we are eligible as fanzine. Back to being fanzine. I wrote a huge wreck for the book smugglers in my Hugo recommendations post, which will go out at the end of January sometime. Please, before you read it, have a tissue because I know you. You'll probably oh my god cry. Thanks for the heads up. Well, my list. I don't have a lot of TV on mine. I'm very bad at TV. Even now, I'm very bad at it. What do you call being bad at TV? I'm just bad at watching it. I'm, uh, I don't have the attention span for it somehow. It's very weird. Oh, do I want to watch this TV show? Mm, it's a lot of work. But do I want to play this 80-hour video game? Yeah, hit, hook me up. Uh, what is that about? I don't understand. Okay, brain, whatever you say, whatever you want. So this year, some games that I've been looking forward to are coming out. Of course, it's games, and they're big games already. We've had two of them push back. The first one is Final Fantasy VII. That is a remake of the PlayStation game, Final Fantasy VII. I played Final Fantasy VII right after it came out. In fact, Final Fantasy VII was why I got a PlayStation. Now, I can't play it anymore because it makes me motion sick. The graphics make me motion sick. Same way that I could never play in 64 games because the graphics made me motion sick. So this is why I was never into in 64 games. The only way I was ever going to get to replay Final Fantasy VII was if they remade it. But I was like, I had conditions. I had conditions. Because Final Fantasy VII is bonkers. It's got an unreliable narrator. It's also kind of about taking advantage of the planet to power your society and the ways that's going to backfire on you. And so I've been very excited to see them actually remake it properly. If you're not gonna include the scene where the main ca- one of the main character dr- cross dresses and then hang and then ha- and then tries to fool one of the 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 main pimp, I don't want it. I don't want I don't want your remake. If the Honey Bee Inn is not in this game with a bunch of buff guys and speedos, I don't want your remake. The end. It was supposed to come out in March. It's been pushed to April. We'll see if it gets pushed more. I'm very excited. The second game is an, is Marvel's Avengers. But like in another universe, I'm assuming. And see, in this one, Kamala shows up. Kamala is in this game. And that's why I want to play it. Is Tony Stark in the game too? Yeah. It's a video game that's set in a different universe where the the Avengers are a team and then something bad happens and they break up. And then Kamala is like, hey, oh, you guys got to solve this problem. You were set up. I mean, the graphics were amazing. And I thought, wow, this looks really fun. And I wasn't like super interested and then until I saw Kamala is in this game and she's a playable character. I'm in. Wow. 
of course, it just got moved from May to September. Uh, another game that I'm excited for is The Last of Us Part 2. The Last of Us is a series where the world was taken over by this zombie virus. The Last of Us is a very dark game. The sequel tells the story of a of a character from the first game who has grown up. If you get a chance, like you could go and look up the trailer. The graphics are amazing. I'm not going to play this game. Let me be clear. I'm not playing this game. Zach's going to play this game and I'm going to watch him play it. Right. <laughs> okay. It's a stealth game, probably. Because zombies. The first game was definitely a stealth game. Maybe the second one won't be. But the first game was really stealth. You had to, like, if you didn't sneak around, the zombies would fucking eat you. So why why is this on your anticipated list? Because <laughs> the, the story in the first one, I just, I loved the story in the first one. And so I'm very excited to see where they go with the story in the second one. I know that like, I should probably play again sometimes because I just, I don't understand when you talk about so many stories, how the how games have stories. Obviously, I'm, I'm speaking from a place of complete ignorance. But you know how games have stories because we played Monument Valley. Is there a story? Yeah. Pass through this to get to that point. It had a story, though. So imagine that, but like times 10,000. Right. Okay. So a lot more complex. Yeah. I mean, some games, yeah. Like the story is just set up and you you follow the, the path. In other games, like the especially the Bioware series, like Dragon Age and Mass Effect, the choices that you make in the game affect your game. They affect the endings that you get and the outcomes that you have. Okay. And the last game that I'm excited for is called Way to the Woods. And it's about two deer trying to get back to their home. It is very pretty. And I really can't wait to play it. That's all there is to it. It just looks really pretty. So that's it for games. There's one movie here. It actually already came out. Or it'll come out soon. I'm not sure. But I just heard about it. It's called Underwater. And it features features Kristen Stewart. And it's like an underwater ocean horror story. I think I've seen the trailer for that one. She looks amazing in it. I'm getting some like serious abyss vibes. Like the creepy parts of the abyss, not the, you know, all inspiring parts, the creepy parts. The first book on my list is The Sound of Stars by Alicia Dow. And this is about a, an invading alien race that bans all art. The reason that art gets banned is because the these invading aliens are susceptible to, like, humans' ability to be emotional. I'm not quite sure how that works. So the main character, of course, has art. And pairs up with an alien. Turns out he actually likes pop music to save the world. And it comes out uh, on February 25th. My next book is, unsurprisingly, a romance novel. Because I need some happiness in my life. It's called Two Rogues Make a Right. It's the third book in the Seducing the Said Books trilogy. And we read the first book, uh, It Takes Two to Tumble. I liked it a whole lot. But, like, not as much as her other stuff. And I forget what you thought of it. Did you, did you like it? It takes you to tumble? I thought there was something with regards to a secondary character that I was a little bit iffy about. The brother. Mm-hmm. And then I read his novel. And I'm like, oh, okay. So Anna was right. Ah! <laughs> I know my romance novels, Renee. You do. So Two Rogues Make a Right comes out in June. And then on Lady Business, I posted a whole entry about, like, nine books that I'm looking forward to this quarter. So, I, I, I like, I looked through this. I'm like, okay, Renee, what two 
are you like super excited about out of this list that you want to talk about? And so I decided that the first one was Storm Song by C.L. Polk, which is the sequel to Witchmark, which we read last year. Yep. And Storm Song is about Miles' sister, Grace, and a reporter that is trying to uncover some truce. I am interested because this seems like it's going to be sort of a redemption story for Grace, who in Witchmark was kind of an asshole. And so I'm interested to see like the redemption narrative for a woman. Then the next book that I'm going to highlight is Only Mostly Devastated by Sophie Gonzalez. And it is basically a, a YAMM retelling of Greece. I just want every single potential relationship to have a Greece retelling. Every We all deserve it. I've got to have this book too. We should totally talk about it on the podcast. And those are my things, which I went on and on and on. But I have no reading goals. So my options are wide open so I can just read whatever I want. It's great. I mean, I could do that before. But now... I don't have to like spend so much mental energy going, wait, my goal. So I'm excited. And I think both of us are also very much excited for the new Jemsin book. Oh, right. The city we became. Yeah. For obvious reasons. I'm not going to put her necessarily on an anticipated list on this podcast because I feel like our listeners at this point know that we worship the ground that she walks on. Yeah. So basically it's an automatic ad. I did put it on my like physical list. What I'm really curious about is that when we gather again at the beginning of April to talk about the things that we saw, I wonder how many of these things that we will have gotten to experience. I'm kind of curious how many of your things are actually coming out in the first quarter. Tax education is. <laughs> Nothing else is. Well, we'll see. We'll see if you have to wait for Shit's Creek. We'll see. <sighs> Space Bees, what things are you looking forward to in 2020? It doesn't have to be in the first quarter. It could be any time of year. If there is something cool on your radar, please do share it with us in case you think we might like it. Fangirl Happy Hour is supported by our Space Bees and the Patreon Hive. Amanda, Amy, Anne-Marie, Brandy, Chelsea, Claire, Daniel, Dervla, Elliot, Alisa M, Alisa N, Heather, Hedwig, Jen, Jocelyn, Transcendencing, Karen, KJ, Margot, Mark, Ms. Motivella, and Philip. These folks kept Fangirl Happy Hour chugging along during a very tough year last year, and we're both extremely grateful for their generosity. Our transcripts are by Susan, who is a champion of passing our lightning speed opinions. You can find her work at fangirlhappyhour.com. Our production is by me. Thanks, Renee. Thanks, Self. Our show art is by Ira, and our music is by Chucky Beats and Boxcat Games. Thanks for listening to our show, Space Bees. See you next episode. And remember to toss a coin to your Witcher. Okay, don't forget to talk into your mic because I have your, I have the setting dialed down to let you uh, get emotional more readily without breaking the sound barrier. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Oh
valley of plenty. But it's not canon gay. I don't care about that part. How gay is the show? Very gay. Okay, great. I want to know where my Kate Elliott adaptations are. I know.